Welcome to Bruin Source. This is Ed. This is Kevin. We are back after a uh, relaxing weekend for UCLA fans since we were on a bye week, but a lot did happen in the Pac-12. Some surprising things happened and some not so surprising things happened. What was uh, what was your big takeaway from the Pac-12 this this weekend, Kevin? Well, I think unless you were living under a rock, you had to be watching that USC Colorado game, um, which was Saturday morning. It was first game of the morning, which is really weird to see a Pac-12 game on at nine a.m. Um, I, I I don't know if we've ever seen that before, but hey, uh, it was the big the Fox's big noon game. Um, early on, I think that it. it that, that that game looked dead in the water. It looked like it was going to be a game that SC would cover the spread by the spread. So like the spread was like twenty one, and they would win by like an additional twenty one. From that's what it looked like uh, early on. Um, but the second half of that game, uh, you know, Alex Grinch's defense uh, really came 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 and 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 put on a beauty there uh, for a team like Colorado who. Just they, they don't run the ball very well. Colorado is 127th uh, in rushing offense. And they were able to put together 193 yards rushing against SC. Um, so that was that was really interesting. Um, Shiro Sanders came back, played a great game. And some guys that just have never played for Colorado, like Omarion Miller. Um, that kid had, balled he, out. He balled out, right? And... And on some level, like, I mean, I'm, I'm not one to feel sorry for SC by any means, but on some level, like some of the guys that made plays for Colorado on Saturday had just like literally never played before. So I don't know if, if anyone had a report on them, a scout on them or any of that stuff. But, um, you know, I don't know how this game turned out the way it was. Uh, unfortunate that, you know, Colorado kind of played to just get the touchdown at the end and maybe didn't try to be a bit more aggressive. Um but that's a tough one. In the end, I, I don't know. We got to see where this goes for, for SC because on some level, the early part of this game was so dominant. You wonder, was that a letdown? Was that like, was that something else? Or like, is this really just like their defense has not improved at all? Um, and if it isn't, then uh, we got some beauties coming in towards the end because they, they go to South Bend in two weeks. They got Utah at home. They got Washington at home. They go to Oregon. So they play at Autzen, and they host us. And uh, it's it's quite the end there. So if this defense hasn't improved at all, then uh, they, they're they're going to be in for a, for a loss or two, if not more, uh, down the stretch. I mean, we've been saying it since the beginning of the season, right? Their their defense is not going to be tested until really this kind of second half of the season, and. I think Colorado did test them, and I think Colorado, to their credit, they fought and kind of exposed that USC defense a little bit. It was an interesting game. I I really thought Colorado should have been more aggressive in that final couple minutes that they had the ball. Um, the the clock management was really poor down the stretch. They they played to get that onside kick. Low percentage play, uh, as always, and obviously it didn't work out, but. You know, give give them some credit. I mean, they could have come out, you know, defeated and and not really tried to get climb back in that game, but they they came back and fought, and it was really not due to any kind of major schematic change. They just 
executed better in that second half. They did what they needed to do um, and, you know, fought back in the game and, and put themselves in a chance to win. So give them some credit. I, I think, you know, Colorado putting up that kind of yardage, that kind of um, the that kind of offense against the, the SC defense, I think should scare some Trojan fans. I mean, we've seen Colorado's offense look pretty good. But we saw what the Ducks did to them the week before. <laughs> so you know this 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 offensive line of Colorado is not good. You know they have some good skill players, but they 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 can be stopped. And SC could not stop them that second half. And so, you know whether it's a letdown or not, I think that's still on the coaches at that point, right? You yeah, can't definitely. Just let... It is. Yeah. And, and and if we're honest about the first half, because. Um, Colorado did sputter in the first half, yes, but they had a long drive that resulted in a missed field goal. Um, then they had an interception. Then they finally scored a touchdown, but then they had the punt block, you know, that stupid punt where the guy ran for like 10 seconds before trying to, to kick. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. Right, so like that's all the stuff that kind of led to the 37-7 to um, like advantage where like, you know, missed kick, turnovers, um already you were kind of undermanned in the game and that's kind of how you got down but after that point like what was even weirder actually was um you probably thought after the you know they 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 scored a touchdown at the end of the half it's like oh well if they could just come out in the second half and score then they're right back in it but they didn't they they punted on their first two drives um and went had to go down 41 14 before like the train started really like moving through and what's really strange about that, if you're SC, is like all you have to do is just not give up the big play, um, and your defensive line should be good enough to stop the run against this team that they couldn't run against Colorado State, and they couldn't. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. They're now 102nd in total defense through five games uh, where they haven't played the tough end of their schedule yet. I truly hope that this is what is to come. Um because what's scary on the other side is Caleb Williams is like better than last year, which is like not a fun thing to say. Um, but he's like, I did love to see him throw that interception in this game, though. Because because uh, if he didn't do that, then like shit, like <laughs> that 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 would have been that like a six touchdown game with five hundred yards or whatever would have been if he didn't throw that throw that. So hopefully this continues they got a tricky game this weekend too against arizona i uh, wonder you know if arizona can score some points because they played washington pretty tough this weekend yeah uh, we will see this weekend um the other game i thought was interesting that i think a lot of ucla fans were watching uh with a lot of frustration was oregon state utah and the beavers took uh the utes down in corvallis and Another kind of a slugfest, but they did take him down. <laughs> yeah, so Utah's offense pretty much looked like it did against UCLA. Um, like Oregon State basically UCLA'd them again. They scored seven offensive points, um, couldn't get anything going. Uh, 198 yards of total offense. I think they had like 220 or something, if I remember correctly, against us. So... Utah's offense is, is just stuck in mud right now. They were playing on the road. You, they were not going to win with seven offensive points there. They ended up benching the quarterback, and then the backup came in, and he got hurt. And 
nothing really was working. For Oregon State, uh, DJU looked better uh, than, he, than he had at, at, at times this year. I don't know what the, what's going on with the running back situation there because like Damian Martinez seems like he should be the best back they got. And they're not running him like nearly a whole bunch, especially in a game that was kind of nip and tuck like this. Um, but overall, you know, g- good win for Oregon State. For Utah, you know, that's a not it kind of an expected blow, but at the same time, you they really need Cam Rising back. I, I think they're they're scratching and clawing here, doing whatever they can, but scoring total of fourteen points in conference play so far. And you still got the likes of, again, SC, Oregon, Washington to come. And that's going to be tough sledding unless you can get a quarterback back. Watching that game as a Bruin fan was frustrating because you saw them. And again, the context's a little different, right? They're on the road in Corvallis. And Oregon State's a good team this year, so this is not uh, fully unexpected. But you watch that team and you're just like, my God. The opportunity was there, and you're seeing Oregon State do enough, right? That's what they did in that game. They did enough on offense to win that game. And it was just kind of what <laughs> what UCLA needed to do. And Oregon State did it and, and pulled it off. Now, again, on the road, a little harder to do that. Um, and you know, Oregon State was at home. But, you know, there there was just a lot of thoughts going through my head of what if we did this? What if we didn't drop that ball? Because well, I, I think, think we'd be is... looking at an undefeated UCLA right now. But Well, I think this is a really good segue to this week because you're right. You know, what if we didn't do this and what if we didn't do that? But, but the bottom line, like it has been, you know, just quite a bit in the Chip Kelly era is that we didn't and we lost the game. And this, I think, is a massive massive game uh, it feels like a must win i mean i'll go out on a limb here uh this might be good we said this about washington last year and they won and it was good but now i think we're back to the same same circle here this is i think now the biggest game of the chip kelly era because you lose this game you're staring down the barrel of like six and six or seven and five um, just, just given the way that the conference is, especially if you lose the game and and your offense still doesn't look improved or your offensive line looks like it's going to struggle this year um, or, you know, God forbid that the defense, for whatever reason, doesn't look like it's for real. You lose this game and you still have Oregon State the following week. You still have Colorado coming to town and, you know, whatever you want to say about Colorado, they can score points. You still got SC, and then you still have like a tricky game against uh, Arizona. So you lose this game, it's going to be really bad because David Woods, I thought from Bruin Report Online, he he had a series of tweets that I thought just did broke this down. Um, the stats just hit you right in the face when you see them. So Chip Kelly against teams with a winning record. So we're not we're not talking about top twenty five ranked teams, top ten. We're not doing any of that teams that are have a winning record at the end of the year or when they play them <laughs> i i've seen these stats these are not pretty they're not pretty. warning this is a this is a warning for bruin fans so chip kelly five and 25 
Okay, that's five, five and twenty-five against winning teams. One and zero against just five hundred teams. How does that compare to to the peers who we all say kind of were really bad um, on in their own right? But Carl Durrell, fourteen and eighteen against winning teams. At this point, has had about the same amount of games, right? So fourteen and eighteen versus five and twenty-five. And fundamentally, I think the main problem here is, and so I'm not even going to Jim Mora, who was 24 and 25 against winning teams, right? So Chip Kelly has won five games against teams with winning records. And the big problem through all of it is like, you can say he was overmatched. That's on his recruiting, okay. But in a lot of these games, it's just like, coach better man like put him in a better situation like how many of these games can we look back to and it's like you remember the game at Odson where we suddenly decide to throw the ball up and down the field with like 10 seconds to go in the half and like fumble return for a touchdown and you remember the game against SC where for some reason was it Keegan Jones was in on the fourth and one instead of Zach Charbonnet or was it Josh Kelly then I don't remember who the back was but like he was there on that fourth and one. This past game, you know what this past game reminded me of against Utah? It, it, it looked a lot like how we used to treat DTR back in 2018, 2019, asking him to just do the same kind of stuff over and over again um, when it clearly wasn't working. Like he needed to have some simpler things to just get him going. Um, and that's what that last game looked like. It's like if you just coached a little better, right? Like don't call that speed option on third and six maybe we're not doing this and maybe we're not saying if this happened if that happened we win the game right so this isn't a one game thing it's happened for many years we still have not really had that season where we're competitive for the conference championship kind of all the way to the end <coughs> last year was the closest we got so at this point losing this game to washington state which would get you to five and 26 against winning teams i mean and it's the fact that at that point you'd be staring down like a sixth or seventh place finish in the conference and like a seven and five record in year six that just spells that would be a death knell like this would be this the beginning of the death march of chip kelly if we don't win this weekend and i i was that was super dramatic and that was super. i don't think you're far off you know, i, I do there. feel Maybe like this game take. is as know. close to That's a must-win game right as you can have right now um in this you know, earlier juncture of the season. I will say it feels like it is a must split in the next two games. And obviously the easier task is to do this at home against Washington, Washington state versus doing it on the road in Corvallis. If we lose both of these games, we're, we're staring at a, a bad season here. Right. But if we split this, these games, and I think the 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 lower hanging fruit here is Wazoo at home. Then I think we'll be in an okay spot. Ideally, obviously, we we win both, but we have a pretty tough test coming into the Rose Bowl this year or this Saturday. It's not like we um, we have a mediocre or bad Wazoo team here. I mean, Cam Ward 
has made a massive leap as a quarterback for the Cougars, and he has looked fantastic. I mean, you look at his stats, he's completing nearly 75% of his uh, passes this year, thrown for almost 1,400 yards, 13 touchdowns, no interceptions. Like, you know, if if uh, Caleb Williams or Michael Penix were not in this conference, we'd be talking a lot more about Cam Ward, I think. I think he's getting overshadowed. But he is having an incredible year. And that's not even to to list his rushing stats. I mean, he's actually carried the ball more than their running backs right now and has only like 19 yards less um, in rushing. So he he's... He's really carrying this team on offense, and Washington State's offense is potent. Like, they can sling the ball around, and Ward Ward is obviously the, the guy doing that. So this is not going to be an easy battle, and I think this is going to be the first real test for our secondary. We've talked about this. I think we can reasonably say our front seven is good. Like, I, I think we, as bad as Utah's offense has been, I, I still think that it's very tough to do what we did on the road against them. And we've seen the pressure. We've seen, you know, good linebacker play, um, good, you know, D-line play now across the, the, the last four games. But we haven't seen that same kind of test against our, our secondary. And this is, I think, going to be a make-or-break game for the secondary. Do we actually have a decent scheme, decent guys back there playing corner, playing safety? I think we've seen some decent safety play, but I think those corners are going to get tested here, and I, that is going to be what uh, determines this game for us, I think. Because if we let Cam Ward sling the ball around and our secondary cannot stop their receivers, this is going to be a long day for us, especially if the offense can't get, get going for us. Um I think that's 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 where we win or lose this game is the secondary. Yeah, we talked about this last week. We're about to find out really fast if last week was just a case of you're going to, to Utah and it's in rice cycles, or is this actually just what the state of the state is for UCLA's offense? Because Washington State... I think what's terrifying about them is that they have the second-ranked pass offense in the nation, 405 yards a game. So I think it's fair to expect some yards getting thrown on us. Hopefully it's not 400 and, it, you know, we're not engaged in some kind of, you know, 40-point shootout here because I'm not sure that we're built to do that right now, even in our best, um, just just seeing how the team has played through the, the first several weeks. But that's going to tell us real fast, you know, if our defense is for real, um, just in terms of if we can get pressure on the quarterback. And on the other side, how far of a step back have we taken on offense? I think, again, you, we can all expect accept a, a little bit of a step back from what we were last year, which was pretty much as good as it's gotten under Chip Kelly. But Washington State's 82nd, and you know they're going to put some yards on the, on the board, and they're going to get some points out there. We're going to need to be able to run the ball. We're going to need to be able to find some balance, take pressure off of Dante Moore, give him some easy things to do. And against Washington State, we have to be able to do it because, again, Washington State, they, they do a lot of things really well. Playing defense isn't one of them. 
you know, the run run defense, 61st. Pass defense, 101st. So this is where we're going to find out really fast if our offensive line struggles um, and just the general struggles we had last week is just something to be concerned with going forward because if we're not able to have some semblance of balance and some On the flip side, offense, this I, week, like Washington State plays games. competent defense, but I wouldn't say that we are playing a fierce defense here. This is not a Utah defense. Right. No, I think that's my point. So we're it's, looking at a, a top it's 100 defense here, and we in, in hopefully the league, in the country. should be able to move the ball here. And I think this is going to be very telling, to your point. Is the offensive line actually going to be okay, serviceable, or are we actually just bad? <laughs> and I, I, I think we will know the answer to that in this game, because if we get pushed around and we give up sacks to Washington State's defense here, then I think we're going to be in for a very, very long season here. I, I think, you know, as good as of our as good as our skill players might be this year, as good as our quarterback, you know, and talent he might have. If we can't protect Dante Moore and we can't give him time to throw it to those skill receivers, or you know, have a line to block for our running backs, we're not just we're not going to score. Now, again, are we still giving? Chip Kelly, some benefit of the doubt on offense. I don't know. I after the last game, it was hard. It's hard to look back at that and say, "Hey, this guy, this guy should be able to figure it out." He does have a history of figuring figuring it out, so <clears throat> there is that. But yeah, it's it's hard to see, and and I will be interested to see, you know, how we actually handle the play calling during this game and. You know, if our offensive line is not great or struggling, like how can we mitigate the effects of that? And again, Chip Kelly has dealt with this before at UCLA, and this his first season or two, our offensive line was not great. And that I can give him a little bit more of a pass to some degree, since he was in a little bit more of a rebuild mode. But at this point, again, we we've talked about this ad nauseum, but. At this point, it's all on him to not have an, an effective offensive line. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna have that answer on Saturday. Is if the O line is struggling against Wazoo, this is gonna be this is gonna be a tough one, and it's gonna be a a, a tough season. Um, but I think you're you're spot on though. On uh, like defensively, we gotta hit home, um, hit hit Cam Ward, pressure him. Um, you know, hopefully take some of the pressure off of that um, that secondary that has not been tested yet. And, you know, this is going to be a tough task. Like, I was just looking at Wazoo's uh, receiving stats. They have three guys who already have 300-plus yards on the season uh, receiving. So they have a scary receiving core going along with a quarterback that is uh, completing passes at a high percentage um, and throwing the ball a lot. So uh, this is going to be – this is not a, a walk in the park here. And I'm also very curious to see how home field advantage plays out or lack of advantage. I think if we had be- beaten Utah, this would have been a packed house or close to packed house. I'm not saying, saying sellout, but – We'd have a good 40, 50, 60,000 people here, possibly, if not more. Now you you take that L, 
you know, that number next to our name falls off. That sheen is kind of gone, right? And fans don't tend to show up for UCLA when the sheen is gone. And so are we going to have a good crowd for this game? Remains to be seen. Um, and and was that crowd going to be able to help bolster the, the Bruins at home? Again, we'll find out on Saturday. But there, there's some factors here I'm curious to look to see when, when this game rolls around. But, yeah, this is, this is a scary one. Um, what are you looking... Yeah, go ahead. I'll tell you the other reason it's... I'll tell you the other thing that's, like, interesting to watch here is... Uh, we talked about this a little last week. Because um, you're right, look, uh, does Chip Kelly deserve the benefit of the doubt? That's why we're not sitting here saying he should be fired right we're now. We're teetering on right? the edge, Let's though. play the game. Let's, uh, let's see how we look these next two games, because there's two chances... Well, and here's the reason why, right? Because last year we won a couple of these big games at home um, against Washington, against Utah, and did them in a way that just looked really impressive and looked like it was the makings of just an overall well-run program, right? Like a well-run machine. But there was always the doubt in our mind, which was we've never done a very good job in player acquisition under Chip Kelly, at least at the high school ranks. We've done a very good job in transfer ranks. And that's largely how we've built these rosters over the last two years that, albeit against a worse schedule, right? Um, I mean, there's advanced metrics on this stuff where the last two well, years... Well, we have FCS teams UCLA on the schedule played for the first time 19, ever. So just by that factor alone, um, it waters down the schedule. Right. Right, so like there's there's metrics and all that stuff, and I think the thing always in the bot in the back of our heads was, okay, well, what happens when we don't find those? What, what happens when we don't find Zach Charbonnet? That's just kind of that complete unicorn transfer that comes our way. What happens when we're not able to get Jalen Jeffries and Raekwon O'Neal to plug in in the off- on the offensive line? Um, what happens then? And the fear that's just coming out right now, that's just, it's festering. It's, it's just right there in the ether, and it's ready to just jump out of the ocean is, oh, my God. Um, because I think the offensive line is a good case study of this. A lot of the guys that are playing right now were actually guys that UCLA recruited. Uh, Bruno Fina, Duke Clemens, Josh Carlin, Garrett DiGiorgio, all those guys were people that, that UCLA recruited. Seattle Tupaki, right? And they weren't very high, highly ranked recruits. They haven't really played. Some of them have played, but for the most part, a lot of guys haven't played um, up until now. And for the most part, UCLA got transfers. They plugged them in. But now you're seeing some of these guys who were not very highly rated and the thought was like, well, hey, they've been in the program for a couple of years, so they should be developed. And if what we find out this year is that, no, they're just, they just, they're just not any good, that's a problem. Because that tells me that there actually isn't a plan here and those chickens will come to roost. Um, running back, I, I like our two running backs. I like TJ Harden, I like Carson Steele, but there's levels to this. Uh, having a guy like Zach Charbonnet just 
makes things so much easier and it makes life so much easier in so many ways for your offense. If they can't get it done, if we're not as proficient of a running team, because Chip Kelly has always been a running, a run first offense. So it's festering right there. Hey, did we finally, did our luck just finally run out? Where we're not finding that plug and play transfer on the offensive line. We're not finding that plug and play superstar offensive player. There's still potential, right? So this isn't just all doom and gloom. These receivers have a lot of talent, and that could be the place where we have that breakout star. Our running backs should still be very good. We still should still have a very good, potent running attack if our offensive line can put it together. Um, and that's well, I think, you, just the one you area just, right now. You just like, said it right there, right? Uh-oh. If our really offensive line can, can put, put it together. together. So, because uh, I, I, like you said, I think we have good running backs. I don't think it's a lack of talent on the running back end, but. No running back on earth if is going to be producing yards consistently for getting hit behind the line of scrimmage two, three yards every single play, right? I don't care who you are. Maybe if you're Marshawn Lynch, you can make that work. But generally, most running backs are not, are not dealing with that. Even if we have great receivers, <clears throat> again, it all uh, ends with the offensive line. If we can't protect our quarterback... We're not going to be able to throw to those receivers. Like it's it, it all is kind of hanging the balance around whether or not we can have decent offensive line play. Um, and you're right. We did not bring in that big transfer this year. We did not have you know a guy like Raekwon O'Neal come through. And to your point, these are all fr- guys that we. We allegedly scouted for various different metrics and um, measurables that Chip Kelly values and claims you know, should build a good O-line. And so far, the, um, the results are not glowing. <clears throat> it's still early. I think we can still turn this around, but we'll see. And again, this game is going to be very, very important. I think this is going to be the... the the tell-all around whether or not we we have an effective O-line or if we have some glimmer of hope on that front. I was going to ask you earlier, what's go, what do you think's going through Dante Moore's head? Like, what do we need to see out of him in this game? Like, how can we feel confident he is going to be the quarterback of the future? I, I think we both feel that he is. We've seen enough out of the talent uh, from him. But what do we what do we want to see from him in this game as a kind of bounce back uh, of last week? I think really just poise. Um, you know, first off, his coach has got to help him. So if you're Chip Kelly, coming off a performance like that um, into a home game against a, a ranked, a highly ranked team, number thirteen uh, in the country, can you get him off with a couple of easy, quick hitters? Uh, can you get his rhythm going? And then let's see if he's able to build off of that. So that, I think that's the first thing just from the coach's standpoint. And you should be able to get that against Washington State. It's not as if, you know, they're going to be their, – their personnel is so great that we're not going to be able to get those those kind of plays off. From Dante Moore after that, it's just poise. I mean, you, you know, and to his credit, I he's, he's he said all the right things. He said that, you know – he, he he took it on on his on the chin. I didn't play well. I got to be, be do better. 
so on and so forth. Um, and then he's, now he's saying all the right things of, well, hey, the game's over, and I just I'm, I'm focused on doing the best I can now. And so, so from his standpoint, he's saying all the right things. He's got the right attitude. I still stand by what I say. I think he's gonna be gone gone in three years, uh, and and you're gonna see far less games like last week, and far more um, like what you <clears throat> saw against San Diego State, for example. Um, maybe it's this weekend. We'll see. But for for him, um, if a ball just if a ball doesn't go well, come back, keep playing. I think so long as he does that, he's the talent's too good for him. He'll just keep getting better and better and. By years end, we're going to have a really good quarterback. I I completely agree with you. One thing I saw him post after the Utah game, I think I mentioned this last week. Uh, he went out to dinner or lunch or something. He took all of his O linemen out. Yeah, um, right. and I think that's the sign of somebody saying, "Look, <laughs> let's build some trust here. Let's let's build a rapport here." You know, we. He's a freshman, so he hasn't played with these guys before. Some of these guys have been in the program for a couple of years now, two, three years. Um, but I, I, I love that kind of olive branch to them, to build that trust. Obviously, that connection is is really important. You see this happen <clears throat> with other quarterbacks and, and their O-linemen, right? And, you know, one example I remember was Josh Rosen when he was here. He bought them, like, all gold chains or something, right? There's always this kind of special bond of trust, like, hey, you protect me um, so I can care, help you know, ride the offense and, and you know, drive this team to, to victory. Um, so I, I, I really liked that move from him after a, a game where the O-line, you know, for being blunt, failed miserably to do that. Uh, I think that's a sign of maturity and a sign of, you know, a kid who understands that these guys need to build trust with him and, and hopefully that helps uh, helps that unit gel with him and helps that communication with, with those two units. Um, the other thing I would love for him to do, and this is not on him as much uh, more so on Chip Kelly, can we just have him like roll out once in a while or move the launch point? Well, that's what I mean when I say like the coach has got to get him some easy ones to start. Like, Get him a get him on a rollout. Get him on a bootleg. Get him maybe like one of the a, a bubble screen. Whatever it is, just get him completions like early on in the game. We've um, we've seen him throw on the run already. He can throw the ball on the run with accuracy. <laughs> like this is not uh, a kid who is not going to be able to make that kind of throw. Like we've seen the arm talent out of him while he's on the move. Uh, in that first game when he was kind of going in and out with uh, Ethan Garbers, like one of his first throws was he got flushed out of the pocket. He ran to his right and threw a great strike down the field to uh, J. Michael Sturdivant for like 20, 30 yards. The kid can throw accurately on the run. Let's make this easy for him. If the low line is not doing its job or struggling, like let's move him around and make them not a sitting duck. Um, that's, that's what I want to see. I, I would also love to see just, you know, him throw the ball a little bit, bit, um, or throw the ball away when he, he can't like live to live to fight another day. Um, and I think we saw him learn that pretty quickly in the last game. Um, but just, we don't force it. Don't get rattled. Let's just keep, 
keep uh, move on to the next play and keep doing that. And and I think we've I've seen enough from him in, in that last game where he was under duress the whole time. And you know he made mistakes, but he he seemed to move on from them. He seems to be a pretty cool customer. Uh, so I I think we'll we'll see more of that if if things aren't going uh, as well as as we would hope for him right now. But yeah, if we can get him going, like this offense is going to move. Like we have too many good players here. I think to not have a, a serviceable to good offense. Like we have great skill players. I will maintain that. I think we have serviceable running back. And we have a, a good quarterback, so we can protect him and have him get this offense going. Like, we're going to win games, we're going to put up points. And I think Washington State is a great place to start doing that because their, their offense, or sorry, their defense is, again, like you said, 82nd in the country, so not great. And this could be a game. I could see this being a shootout. Like, if our defense is not as great as we, we think it is, you know, and right now, if you look at all the stats individually for our defense, they're all like in the top ten, so we have not seen a, a UCLA defense ranked this high in, in all these metrics and God, more than a decade, maybe longer than that. Right now, you can say who we played, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. <clears throat> I'm not going to get into that right now, but for all intents and purposes, right now, everything is telling us we have a good defense. Um, that being said, like we've mentioned, secondary we're still un- unsure about. So if this does turn into a shootout, we're going to need Dante Moore to be playing at a very high level, and, and that all starts and ends with the O-line. Uh, I will keep beating that that horse <laughs> um, until Saturday, but that is all I want to see is, is, is an effective O-line here. Yeah, and I think the last thing for Dante is just – and this is a hard thing to tell a freshman. But if we do get into the game, we do find that our offensive line is still struggling. This is where just the coaches absolutely have to help him out. But for the quarterback, um, wherever possible, don't don't watch the rush. Um, stay in the play, use your feet, step up in the pocket. Um, just keep your, keep your throwing profile, all the stuff that, that quarterbacks are, are taught to do. So hard to tell a, a true freshman that I felt bad for him on that last drive at Utah, where again you take away his max protect, and all of a sudden it's very clear he was just watching the rush. But who could blame him because he's getting his teeth kicked in at every single play uh, when he doesn't have a max protection back there? So that would be the other only thing to see. I agree with you overall. We have way too many good players to have the offense put in that kind of a performance again, um, particularly at home against a team that isn't known for their defense um, at all, really. I would like to challenge Chip Kelly to not overthink this. Just do what's working and don't try to get too smart. Please no option plays with Dante Moore. (laughs) If you want to do that, put Colin Scalia in, put somebody who knows how to do that or specializes in that. In fact, I would like to see, you know, some special packages with Witch Lee in there and to throw a little wrinkle in there, but you know, to keep keep defenses off off balance, but don't just Chip needs to pull his head out of his own ass and just not overthink this. I I I just uh That's all I'm going to say cuz I'm just going to get angry. <laughs> this if I think about it any longer, 
But I yeah, you know what? Last week kind of told me because we spoke so much about like is the Colin Schley thing like a package that UCLA is putting together? And like last week, I was my main one of the big takeaways I had from that was like, if it was a package, why wouldn't this be the kind of game to put it out there? Because um, it's clearly gotten reps, it's gotten a lot of game reps. So wouldn't that be the game to put it out there if you truly did want that to be a thing that you used long term? So what that told me was that, no, it's not something we want to use long-term. Um, but we'll see this game. Maybe that was a function of offensive line. I don't know. I'm with you. Like, with a young quarterback, a freshman quarterback, that seems like a good change of throwing there every once in a while um, just to get some free yards. We'll see. That, that, that'll, be, that'll be interesting to watch this game, too. Yeah, look, Chip Kelly recruited Schley here. He, he transferred. He has a lot of game experience. Use him. Not saying put him in as the starting quarterback because I think it's clear we have our starter, but we can use him in you know specialized packages. We've seen what he can do. He has wheels. He's athletic. He can still throw the ball when needed. Like if if Chip Kelly came and put Schley in on that fourth down um, attempt and ran that option with him in there. I think I could have lived with that if it, even if it didn't convert. Like I, I would have been like, okay. At least this makes some sense. Like that's the guy that we you know we what have really a made for. me angry about that whole thing. Because um, Chip, because Chip's been asked about that play now about two or three times, and each time he's basically said like, oh, it was a good call. We just didn't have it blocked. Like, are you kidding me? Like, you're going to put that on your players to the, that they didn't execute the call that you basically have never called before this season? Like, what is that? So, at, Chip, after these games, just gets really defensive, and it just gets, it, it gets you really angry when you get you go back to the stats. Five wins against winning teams. You see stuff like this happening. Um, and, and this is, like, one example of, you know, just – bad coaching happening in these kind of big games and you're like come on man you're gonna say that you know the player didn't block on the play that like never should have been run in the first place come on yeah that's uh that's chip kelly for you um but yeah like that's that's something if we're gonna throw that wrinkle in do it with the right personnel and i think again washington state not a great defense we can get away with that if we want to try to put that in the into you know a competitive environment and and test it out. Like I, I think there are situations for those types of packages that we can we can utilize, but you know we don't overall. Let's not overthink it. Let's do what works and not do something stupid. Like let's max protect is working. Use max protect. If it makes sense to move the quarterback out of the pocket. Let's move him out of the pocket. Like let's not let's not be stupid here and shoot ourselves in the foot and be stubborn and and try to overthink it. Um, but yeah, I I I think this is a as close to a must win game. Uh, if we don't win this one, we absolutely need to win it on the road in Corvallis, and that's a lot harder to do this year than than um, in previous years. So this is it's this is gonna be a tough. A tough one, but it, it is um, it's a crucial game early on in the season, and uh, I wish we weren't sitting here at this uh, juncture, but here we are. 
Here we are. It's the Chip Kelly roller coaster. It uh, rears its ugly head every year or two. Yeah, quite, quite, quite the coaster. I mean, I'm, I'm ready for it to just like. You know, we're because we just keep going up. Like we're, we're like it's that we're on that part where we're about to go in that big fall. You know, the the most exciting part of the ride. Like I'm ready. I've been waiting for that part for a long time now. Like I'm I'm at the top of accelerator, and I'm I'm waiting to come down. But uh, Chip won't let me. So come on, Chip, let us all down. Yeah, we're we're stuck. We're stuck in in kind of this mediocre limbo. And uh, frankly, with the easy schedule that we have this year, it's it's, it's not not uh not acceptable. Um. But, you know, the road to redemption starts Saturday against Washington State at the Rose Bowl. If you are... Yep. Hey, Chip, you, you go win. Uh, we'll, we'll be here singing your praises next week. Maybe. 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 We might be singing Danton Lin's praises more than his, depending on how this game goes. But we'll see. Possibly. Possibly. Um, you know, I, I hope to see a good crowd at the Rose Bowl... I get last week was frustrating, but season's not over yet. It's still a long season. There's still opportunities here. This is the first one, and it's a crucial one. And I really, really hope Bruin fans make it out to the Rose Bowl. It's a noon game. It's going to be a warm day. Um, I checked the weather forecast. It's going to be, like, in the 90s. Um, You know. Early morning breakfast tailgate situations, always fun. Get there early, tailgate, you know, have a good time and go to the game. Support your team. I don't want to see people coming out there later if we do su- or succeed here and, and kind of go on a run. Like, don't, don't, uh, don't say you've been there all, all season, but um, we know how fickle UCLA fans can be. But I, I do re- truly, all, all facetiousness aside, really hope people uh try to come out to this game because uh, we we will need all the help we can get here um and let's uh let's get this home w hopefully and um build on it and go from there let's go from there yeah uh anything else we got anything else to talk about about this i think that's it i think that's it cool well um as always you can find us on spotify apple all the different podcasts um platforms and we're always active on x or twitter or whatever you want to call it uh, tweet at us share our content and uh don't get offended in our, our from our uh in-game emotional tweets those are sometimes tongue-in-cheek sometimes just angry in the moment i i do will not apologize for those um And yeah, uh, until next time, uh, we will hopefully catch you next week. And as always, go Bruins. Go Bruins.